What's good, y'all? Welcome to our new show, Float the Backstretch, where we'll be talking all things track and field. I will be your host, alongside my dog, Big J.E., right here, as we attempt to put a magnifying glass over our sport, track and field. Exactly. Uh, we're looking to provide news, current events, perpetuate the conversation in and around the sport, and also highlight and advocate for the athletes of our sport. Uh, but we can also, we're also here to talk, kind of break down hot takes, and debate the debatable, all while trying to make this a positive and enjoyable experience for everybody. 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 Um, so we'll kind of run through things. We'll start off with news and current events. We'll give a breakdown of that, and then we'll go to go into upcoming events, and then we'll talk about the juicy, the juicy, debatable, opinionated <laughs> stuff. So we'll start off with Sydney McLaughlin breaking the world record at U.S. Champs. She ran 51-41 in the final, and... Um, it was great. Yeah, it was amazing. Also, you can't mention Sydney without uh, mentioning Dalila Muhammad. Uh, she stated that she said she was in form ahead of the World Championships and capable of running a PR. Uh, her current PR is fifty-one fifty-eight, and uh, it'll be she'll have to bring the heat because Dalila. Uh, Sydney is on fire right now. Yep, she is. And speaking of fire, Yulamar Rojas broke the world record also indoors in Serbia in Belgrade. She jumped 1574, which also is good for indoor and outdoor record. Yeah, I was there. It was, it was amazing. Yes. Yeah, she, that, was, that was crazy. But speaking of indoor-outdoor records, Armin Mondo Duplantis also did the same thing. He broke the, the pole vault record and jumped 620 um, for pole vault, which is ridiculous. It's like the height of a giraffe or two basketball courts. Uh, Two basketball, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, breaking news: Stephen Gardner will not defend his world title in the men's 400 meters at the World Championships in Eugene due to a UTE tendon inflammation. So, really sad to hear about that. Um, also, Chula Vista, Tara Davis landed a huge jump of 7:24. Little windy, but she also leaves that meet with a season's best of 7:03. Or 703. Um, didn't make the team, but glad to see she's up and in, in form. Last thing we'll talk about is Carson Warholm. He will be entered to race in world championships, but he has not raced in a 400-meter race yet. It's crazy because he's the reigning 2019 world champion, he's a reigning Olympic champion, and he's a world record holder. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do at world championships with no races under his belt. Yeah, I know he was dealing with an injury early in the season, so I just hope that he's back up and in form, uh, kind of in shape, uh, and ready to kind of you know bring it to Rye and the rest of these guys in the field. Yep. Next, we'll talk about our upcoming events at World Championships, the biggest meet of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start off talking about the men's 110 hurdles, the hottest, hottest event on the track right now. I'm not biased. This is my specialty. I'm not biased. It's just facts. I'm very excited to see this race, not only because my 13.14 race was only good enough for fifth place, at U.S. Championship, but also because there are two athletes that are primed to break the world record this year. Grant Holloway, the reigning world champ and silver medalist at the Tokyo Olympic Games, ran 12.81 in the U.S. Olympic trials in a semi last year. The craziest thing, craziest thing, second fastest time ever, only bested by Aries Merritt. But on the same note, Devin Allen, my dog, my homie, what up, blazed the track, and he beat Grant Holloway in 12.84 at the New York City Grand Prix, a little less than a month ago. These two will go head-to-head, leading a pack of four Americans, all under 13 flat, in the World Championships in two days. It's just crazy to think there's four athletes from the same country running 13 flat, and I think it'll be a special... There's definitely a special group of guys, and I can't wait to see how they push each other. 
other out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like you said, I think the Americans have the opportunity to kind of go one through four, and that would be amazing. Uh, that's kind of what they did in, in uh, Rio in 2016 with the, the women in the 100 hurdles. So, um, also headlining the meet will be the men's 100 sprint that yields the reigning 100-meter champion from 2019, Christian Coleman. You've got the Olympic silver medalist, Fred Curley, who also has world fastest time in 976. Um, he also has a slew of races running 19-7 in the two and 44-4, I think, in the four and two blazing times at USA Championships clocking in at 9-7, which is the fastest consecutive times clocked in a matter of hours. Um, he is most certainly primed to perform at World Championships along his teammates and reigning world champion. Um, and you can't knock out uh, Jacobs from Italy, so we'll see what kind of shape he's in. Um, and this is kind of an interview that Fred had. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but Next up, we have the women's 100-meter dash. The clash between the reigning Olympic champion Elaine Thompson, Hera, and the Olympic silver medalist Shelly Ann Fraser-Price is one you will never, ever want to miss. Anytime these two are on the track, it is flames. Shelly Ann Fraser-Price has proved to be in peak form after returning back to Jamaica with two performances clocking 10.67. One of them was no wind at all. The other one was a little windy. It was still legal wind, but still fast. And she will take that momentum into champs where she she will challenge her compatriot and Olympic medalist, Olympic gold medalist, uh, Elaine Thompson. Exactly. Then we got the world, uh, the women's 100 hurdles. You have the reigning Olympic champion, Jasmine Camacho-Quinn, world record holder, Kenny Harrison, and Alicia Johnson, who's the kind of breakout star in that event. So definitely eyes on the 100 meter hurdle for women. And then for the men's 200, you got the reigning gold medalist, Andre DeGrasse, Olympic bronze medalist, Noah Lyles, and the young prodigy, Ariane Knighton, who blazed in 1949. They all will be at world championships to compete for their world title. Yeah, exactly. Next, we have the women's 200. Uh, we have Sharika Jackson uh, running 21.55. That's the third uh, best all-time. We got the reigning Olympic champion, Elaine Thompson. Uh, we got Abby Steiner, 21.77. So, really fast race. Uh, all these three of these ladies have run under 21.8 this year, which will be amazing to see. Last, we have um, the women's 800. We have I.J. Wilson, who's a five-time go- uh, medalist at World Championships. And we have the reigning Olympic champion from uh, Texas A&M, I believe. A yep. thing, Mo, she's the reigning world champ, and she only beat I.J. Wilson by seven hundredths of a second. These two will definitely go and contend for a world, world medal, but there's also a couple other people you have to watch out for. Maya Mora from Kenya and Keely Hodgkinson from Great Britain, who's a young prodigy, exact same age as a thing. They'll all be competing to try to get that world title in, yes. in, in this weekend. This weekend yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of crazy um, on the men's side, uh, USA was sending four athletes to the one, the two, the four, the one tens, and the women's side got both hurdles. So, uh, hopefully, looking for an American sweep. Go USA! USA! So, next we'll talk about a spotlight. Um, we have two athletes that are really, really inspiring to us. We'll kind of slow down and talk about these two. First off, we'll talk about Alasia Johnson. I've watched her a lot um, through my 
my college career. Um, she was pretty decent. She made it to nationals and stuff. Um, but after college, she kind of, I feel like she went through a rough patch where she was just trying to figure out life. She wasn't really focused on track as much. She was doing other things and trying to just make the transition from being a college athlete to a, a regular person, you know. But I think she came back, I, I believe she came back last year and started doing some training, started getting back into it. But her and her coach really, really figured it out this year um, and really made a lot of noise. She came out the, the gate, guns blazing, made her first awesome. national team indoors. She yeah. went to Serbia, uh, Belgrade, Serbia, to compete in the 60-meter hurdles for the women. And then she also lowered her PB by a substantial amount, and she made the world championship team in the 100-meter hurdles as well. I believe she started this year at like 13 flat, 12 9-ish, yeah, yeah. something like that. And she lowered it all the way down to a 12.35. And I think coming from the ground and building up yourself, building up your, your training, your, your recovery, and your performances to become one of the the best all time. That is a crazy story, and I will I can't wait to see what she, how she performs at um, World Championships this year. Yeah, don't go asking to train with her though. Cause, yeah, she uh, yeah. she don't want no yeah. show no training partners. <laughs> <laughs> None of y'all. Uh, second person we want to highlight is uh, Trevor Bassett, um, a fantastic guy out of Division Three from um, was it Ashland 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 University? University. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the same university where uh, Katie and Jacques went. Shout out, Katie. Here you go. Okay. Um, and so uh, he's a 400-meter hurdler, made his first team while in college um, for the World Indoors this year and uh, got silver in the Open 400. And uh, really, I thought he was going to win it, and it was just a grueling race kind of photo finish. Um, and he made his second team going to Worlds in, in Oregon. So I'm really excited for him to to. to you know, come out and there to compete. Also, he ran some pretty fast times in the open and the 400 hurdles too. I think he ran 47. Yeah, 47, 47. Yeah, that's uh, that's nothing. That is fast. Nothing to, to overlook. So uh, it'll definitely be a one to watch as he goes into the uh, to the championships. Hopefully, he can come out with a medal and uh, represent USA strong. And I believe his his story is so inspiring because uh, he went to a D three school. Um, wasn't very I don't believe he was very highly recruited you know and I believe in this sport it's very hard to see someone come from uh, Humble any school that's not a D1 school that's not an SEC that's not an ACC that's not in a big conference school and really make a lot of noise so to see what he's done and become one of the best in America ever um, that's really an inspiring story he's really a nice dude always super friendly um, is a very is a uh, a uh, very devout Christian has like a, a cross always on him, always talking, quoting scriptures and stuff. Mm-hmm. A really, really nice dude, and it's great to see his story unfold the way it has. And I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to him competing in World Championships this weekend. Yeah. Oh, fun fact: he was my roommate at World. Oh, really? Oh, sh- I remember you told me that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Didn't you run against him in uh, in the '60s? I, I think he ran. I, I, I think David, David, oh, David. and Max okay. did. Okay. And they were like, "Yo, isn't this dude a 400 hurdler?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still. I think he's still running like. Seven seven or something yeah, he, like that. Yeah. He's a great athlete, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, we're going to talk about our main topics of today. Uh, we had, I think, three topics that we want to kind of mm-hmm. discuss, um, and we'll just dive right into it. Um, I know she probably doesn't want us to discuss she, she it, but I, I really wanted don't. to <laughs> have this on here because I I think it's really important for the sport. Um, Abby Steiner. It's been rumored that she has signed a two million dollar contract with Puma. Um, Abby was fighting back on Twitter, saying that she denies the claim and asked that people would not talk about her contract. So um, I think this is one of those things as a young athlete, right? And you're trying to sign a deal. This feels important to you, but I I don't. 
in the grand scheme of thing and for the, the sake of the sport, it's really not. So I, I, I understand you don't want people talking about how much money you're making, and it can seem uncomfortable, but I think that is one of the grander problems within track and field is that athletes don't have any negotiation. So I really do hope that you're getting $2 million, and I believe it was one of the most, uh, you know, co- the highest contract given to a collegiate athlete out of, out of college. So, you know, I hope it is because then the ceiling of athletes getting signed is, is getting up higher. Um and you know, make these companies dish out this money because I think we're all worth it. Problem is, they're not doing it for all, mm-hmm. and it just seems like their pinpointing focus kind of gets, you know, smaller and smaller. But I think it's really important for Abby. Um, not she doesn't have to talk about it, obviously, and and you can't talk about your contract. Um, but it's it's good for these numbers to be talked about in the sport and mm-hmm. to kind of give some some idea of what people are getting made or, or earning, so that they can come back and maybe help negotiate their contracts and kind of get more dollar amounts. Because I wish everything was public in, in in sports. Like it's not that way in any other sport. You know, football, basketball. You know what their contracts are. You know what their uh, sponsorship deals are. So it shouldn't be that way. In, in track and field, and I think it really hurts us because we have no no leverage uh, when it comes to negotiating contracts or even just knowing who signed for money. And I, I, I uh, was it um, Bell Lap did a post about how many athletes were quote unquote signed, mm-hmm. and what they did was they looked who declared a sponsorship under their name entering in USA's. But you and I both well know just because you have a sponsorship under your name doesn't right. mean that they're paying you right. or paying you anything significant. So I think it's really good to kind of talk about money in the sport. And this is at Abby's expense, so I'm sorry for bringing it up again, but not sorry in the same time. Yeah. This is really it helps the, the greater whole. It yeah. helps the greater whole. Yeah. So I think it is important as well, and yeah. that's something that we should be talking about more and more as as, as time progresses. So, yeah, for sure. Um, you guys, you got any thoughts on that? Uh oh. Abby's contract. Um. Two million dollars. I think I think it's good to to see that because you you see what she did in college. She broke the college collegiate record. She ran twenty one seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Um. She made the team. You know. She's she's. It just gives people an idea of of what it takes. You know. And like if you don't know what it takes, there's nothing you can do or say to say like oh like I'm worth this or I qualify for this or like I did this this and this like yeah. cannot push the envelope a little bit more, you know, and and to see that this is this is what is happening, like I think it's a good thing. Um but it's hard to see how, how much of an effect it will have. Obviously like there's people who have sponsorship, you know, that aren't getting any money and that won't change regardless of what they do. You know, like yeah. like there's so many factors that go into getting money from companies that I don't know how far it'll go that this information is out there. I hope it does. Um but it's hard to say what will change the trajectory of this and what what will yeah. you know so Some, I don't know it's almost like someone needs to shine a flashlight on anonymously <laughs> on, a, on a little survey <laughs> <laughs> what do you make a track and field <laughs> oh okay that's what you okay yeah we can talk about that another episode yeah, too <laughs> next we'll talk about Noah and Arion. Um, that is a very, very hot topic in track and field, and we had to talk about it because it is so important. Um, we talk about Noah and his kind of like energy after after winning the U.S. championships, and we talk about Arion and his experience with dealing with interviews and his reaction to Noah's action. Yeah, reaction, to reaction, action. reaction. Yeah, reaction, action. <laughs> so, um. 
It starts off with Noah reacting to Arian running 19-4. I think he ran it in May or something like that at one of his first meets in Florida and Gainesville. Um, and Noah told a story about how he was just living his life, going out to get dinner with his friends. And then the news broke that Arian Knightner ran 19-4. And he was out with his friends. He was just like... Yeah. Hold the fuck up. <laughs> Y'all talking about dinner? We ain't getting dinner. <laughs> so he ended up canceling his plans with yeah. his friends to go get dinner because he said he needed to go home, recover, and get ready for his race that was the next day. Yeah. And I think that that has some merit to it. Like if you if you want to perform, it's just like you need to clear your mind. You need to like give it all distractions and like focus on what's coming up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's where it started, um, and then it kind of transformed it into Noah reacting to Arian, Arian getting asked about Noah about something and it just kind of went into, turned into a banter and it kind of escalated gradually until US Championships yeah. where um, I believe Noah was just receiving a lot of heat, he was under pressure like oh Arian's been running this, Arian's been running that you know and um well, even in the semis, uh, but this is before the finals, Ariane had posted a uh, blaze in time, and then um, <laughs> he went into the interview uh, lane, and they asked him about Noah Lyles, and he goes, Noah who? <laughs> I was looking for that video. I was looking so hard for that video. Lie. Posted up, but yeah, that that didn't that didn't add, that didn't help it either, no. you know. Um, and it just kind of increased the banter. But then in the final, um, Ariane was crushing off the off the curb, just like mm-hmm. leaving everybody, and. Um, Noah closed the last like seventy five meters past him at the finish line. Yeah. I think I think they ran nineteen sixty seven. Statman over here. I in nineteen sixty five, I think. Something like that. I think it was something like that. And um and right across the finish line Noah hit did a little little sonic. Like I don't know what it was. It was it's kinda awkward. <laughs> but he, he did a taunt. He did a taunt. And even in the, the post race interview, um, Noah was like, Yeah, like he he got out, he got the curve. I ain't worried about that. He thought his top speed was fast, mine's faster. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> literally he literally like saying Ariane's name and like kinda like talking trash to this man's face, you know, yeah. like and I was just kind of in the in the space. I was like, man, you kind of sound like a dickhead. You know, mm-hmm. like you could have you could have navigated that a little better. Like, I think Arian's a little little bit young. You know, he's nineteen. Like, I think for him to be doing what he's doing at his age, that is very um, commendable. Like, that's that's dope that he's doing it. He shouldn't have to be dealing with all this negative energy from rivals, from competition, from like the the. The reporters and stuff. He needs to just be focusing on his running, appreci- like valuing where he's at, like appreciating the journey. Like that's all he need to be worrying about. He don't need to be worried about nothing else. And to have Noah kind of say this stuff in front of him was just kind of like, yeah, this this makes me feel weird, you know. Um, but that brings up the conversation: like, do we want athletes to not have that energy, or do you want athletes to like, like not have that friendly rivalry, or like, do you want them to like, kind of just come in do their job and go back home and like be respectful be classy do this and that like just do your job and go home and mm-hmm. I think I've been in the middle I think when it's at the expense of Ariane I was kind of like no nah, he don't need to deal with that but at the same time Noah brings a lot to the sport like yeah. Noah's always been the showman you know mm-hmm. dancing after races like wearing his hair in crazy styles like Adidas uniforms like That's crazy nice. like yeah. super stylish like literally like like Adidas like lets him create Adidas shoes, you know, like I think Noah adds a lot of value to the sport of track and field, but at the same time, when does when is that line cross where it's like that's not good for the sport, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
And I think that's a hard question because I think you should always respect your competition. You shouldn't disrespect them. You should always like value your competition. I think you should have a friendly rivalry. You should have like that competitive spirit. But I think for me, when you cross the line is when you when you disrespect somebody, not only to their face. But on live television. On live television, yeah. And, and then, yeah, you don't really have time to react. Yeah, and yeah. And, and after you just ran, too. So you're already tired. Yeah, <laughs> you can't process things. Like, I think that's when you cross the line. I, I love the competitive nature. I love yeah. the trash. The trash talking when it's not, like, cutting deep. <laughs> like, you can be like, you ain't going to beat me. Or, I, don't know, I don't know what the line is. But, like, I feel like when it crosses that disrespectful line, but that disrespectful line is different for everybody. It is. Like, it is. It is. It is. But like, uh, yeah, some people aren't. You know, they're really sensitive. And I, and I also think there's a power. There's a power structure too. Like Noah's a veteran, world champ. Yeah, been to all these like competitions. Been running on the scene. Literally been since 2016. Since he ran well. But he, he was young too. Yeah, when he yeah. was young, he's been in this. He's been in the spotlight since then. You know. Mm. And I think it feels different because Arion doesn't have that same experience. Yeah. You know, like, he... When I was 19, I definitely wouldn't be able to to talk trash with one of my idols, you know, on true. live TV. No, that's, like, that's I true. would never be able to do that, you know. Yeah. If he was a little older, like, all right, no, you, you can't yeah. talk trash to me, you know. Yeah. But I think it feels different because Ariane is so much more younger. Yeah. And that's that's a line that I was like, I don't like that, you know. So I think I think it's, a, it's definitely a debatable Conversation. I don't know what the, what the answer is, but it's interesting to talk so you about. You just want to save all the kids. These Florida kids are built different. <laughs> I, I don't know. If they Clearly, you're in 1949. Shoot, man. Yeah, Trayvon Bromel, Trentavis Friday from from Florida. Any? I don't know if he's from Friday. I don't know. They all built different. They is. Yeah, they is built different. That Gator water is, yeah. is something else. Um, but no, I, I think it's a really interesting story too. Um, yeah, definitely. Noah brings that showmanship, and I think all eyes will definitely be on this 200 as we watch the finals. So not only does he have to fight off Arian, but he's got um, uh, Andre DeGrasse. Andre DeGrasse. You cannot count him out. He mm-hmm. always seems championship ready, no matter how easy he makes the regular season, or you know how easy he takes the regular season. So. Um, Hats off to Noah. So are you team your team Arion then? Oh yeah, oh yeah, young gun, yeah, young gun, he coming up okay. blazing. He gonna run nineteen three. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be happy that'll to be, see that'll it. That'll be hype. Um, yeah. I, I hope. I, I, let's go team 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 Noah. Just yeah, you a, like you a, like you like, like shit talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you like all the tension, conflict building. Also, does this make Noah? Uh, is this the start of his villain story? You know, like you talk about is Arion the young kid who needs saving. I don't think he needs saving. He just he just not, he's not painted so, now as the sorry. protagonist yeah. for sure. Yeah, and Noah is like you sound like a bully type okay. of thing, and okay. we want we want the protagonist to overcome the bully. Okay. Now that's what it feels like, you know. But Noah, I feel like Noah's earned his right to talk his trash. Yeah. You know, world champ, like undefeated, Diamond League champ, two years in a row, something yeah, crazy well. like that. You're in the right to talk trash. Just don't do it to the young bucks. <laughs> he don't care. See, that's why I like. He don't care who you are. Are you coming up threatening? Yeah. Me? Let's, let's just knock yeah. you down. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Right, we'll see. You, uh, should, you can say it to Andre DeGrasse. Yeah. I feel like Andre's so laid back. He don't yeah, care. Yeah. <laughs> Andre's laid back in his races. Still yeah, run 19.6. Yeah. Well, let me not run to the 70. 120 meters. <laughs> Awesome. <clears throat> All right, last last juicy topic, debatable topic, 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 toxic topic. <laughs> That's a nice little ring. Toxic, toxic topic, <laughs> toxic topic. Um, Shakari, Shakari, um, received a lot of backlash, um, on her little splurt from her one of her interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, 
her interview basically was coming at the reporters who don't value, and she was saying that the reporters don't value athletes, they don't respect athletes, and they, they're literally just trying to come in, shove a camera and a mic in their face, and get a story and, and sell clickbait, basically, you know. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm, no problem. Let's talk about the weekend as a whole. No, I have, what I have to say, y'all can all take this interview and do whatever you want to do with it. I'm coming to speak, not on just my behalf, but all athletes' behalf, that when you guys do interviews, y'all should respect athletes more. Y'all should understand them coming from whether they're winning, whether they're losing, whatever the case may be. Athletes deserve way more respect than when y'all just come and throw cameras into their faces. Understand how an athlete operates and then ask your questions. Then be more understanding of the fact that they are still human, no matter just the fact of y'all just trying to get something to put out in an article to make a dollar. Thank you. Um, she was really just went on a tangent, went off on for a little bit, and walked off. Like yeah. y'all need to be better. Y'all need to respect us. Y'all need to value us. Y'all need to realize that we're human and we're going through things emotionally and stuff. And we may not be able to give you what you want, even though you're there. And I think that's a valid point, but I think it could have been navigated a little bit differently. I think when you're a high caliber athlete and you have a platform and people want to know what you say and you talk a big game, you have to be able to sit in that space that you created and and answer and answer that. You know, like yeah. um, I think Shakari put herself in that position. She she's very highly touted. She she's known for her trash talking. She's big energy. I think that's dope. I think. I'm all I'm I'm big Shakari like she's dope to me you know yeah. but in that instance I think she should have been able to like own up to what to what what happened you know like she didn't perform the way she she should have she yeah. she didn't perform the way she was projected to yeah. and she should have been able to be like you know what like I messed up like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't do what I came here to do and I, I, I this is where I'm at. I'm upset. I'm angry. Yeah. And that's what I'm angry at. I'm not really angry at you reporters for coming and trying to t- speak to me. I'm really angry at my performance and this and that. But she kind of shifted it and pointed it at the reporters, which was kind of distasteful. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, that's tough because now we're saying I wish Shakari had responded in a, a certain way. way. Yeah. yeah. So I, that is tough. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she could. All right. I, yeah. I think this is fine. Um, I just, I'm torn too because on one side, I do think some of these reporters ask some crazy questions that aren't relevant to anything, and they're really just trying to poke and and create and you know artificial um, rivalries and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Like asking about your 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 uh, opponents and things like that. Um, but on the other side, you kind of created this monster. You got this huge spotlight on you. You talk a big game. You're a sprinter. You got a big ego. So I think there's a certain part of not that you owe, but you're responsible to make statements. Um, and if everybody's watching you and if everybody's, you know, holding you to your word that, you know, you're going to make the team, and you're going to do X, Y, and Z, then I think it's it's only right for you to have to answer to those points, too. And so um, one of these things here, Athletics Weekly said, uh, major news as Shikari Richardson is out of the World Championships after failing to get both the one and the two finals at the USA Championships. She responded by saying, if you post me again, I'll sue you all. <laughs> <laughs> I 
didn't even see that. So this Dang. is like this is one of those things. And, and, yeah, no, nah, you can't. And then it, a lot of athletes chimed in about the words like failing, and and again, she's got such a big microscope, microscope, uh, magnifying, magnifying glass on her that like. You know, every little thing that she does is going to be blown up ten times, right? And so when she runs a, a mediocre race in the middle of the season, you know, World Star and all these other big <clears throat> kind of media posts, um, you got Bleacher Report, you got ESPN, you know, posting all these things like Shikari won, Shikari did this, Shikari did that. Um, but when little track and field athletics weekly says that you failed, you know, it's 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 a bigger thing. I don't, I, yeah, I I think you still owe the people an explanation or just a response. Yeah. And and I also want to say this could play into the bigger, larger picture of, you know, you did bad this time and you're like, yeah, I failed, I messed up, I did this, that, and the third. And then the next year you come back and then they can say, look, Shikari goes from not making the team in both events to being, you know, the Olympic champ or the world champ or top number one in the world or second fastest time ever. You know, like I yeah. think these are moments to build your story off of. And sometimes, even as athletes, we get stuck on that failure of a moment and we want to move past it so fast that you know and again I guess this is just the professional side of things you you can make a story out of it and then sell that story and, and make it something bigger and I think like Lolo Jones is one that comes to mind when she you know hit the uh, hurdle on the Olympic finals and she didn't get she was leading the race up until that point but it was just like she was able to talk about it in an ESPN video and then kind of got projected to stardom and then a lot of eyes were on her to make the next team and people ended up wanting to cheer for her. So it's, it's a way that you can kind of spend these negative moments into something positive. And I don't know if inherently these news media articles are always looking for negative things. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's not in your favor at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah for sure. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I just uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like on each side you can you can have a little bit more compassion and and mm-hmm. and even from from the athlete's point of view, like you know the reporter is just coming to get your story. Like, however that may be, like they're just coming to to hear what you have to say, you know. And then from the reporter side, you have to realize these athletes are going through so much. There's so much pressure. Yeah. There's so much going on with them. Like, I have to be careful how I put this camera and this mic in front of their face. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a hard thing to deal with. There's li- yeah. livelihood on st- at stake. There's there's uh, like your image. There's yeah. how you portray. Like mm-hmm. everything that you're dealing with at that moment is broadcasted to the whole world. You know, yeah. and reporters have to be considerate of that. Like one example is they asked Ariane Knighton, uh, "How did you feel after?" Noah Lyles pointed in your face after the race. Like, how do you think he felt, bro? Yeah. Like, do you think he wants to talk about that in depth? Yeah. It just happened ten minutes ago, yeah. and you want him to express his statement. feelings yeah. about how he was disrespected on the the biggest stage <laughs> in the United States? Like, yeah. no, you have to you have to be able to to recognize when that conversation should be had. You know, as a reporter, in my opinion, in my yeah, humble, I opinion. agree with you there. Yeah, I do. I so, agree with you there. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was one more thing I wanted to say for Shakari, but yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. You got I think else? we talked about everything. I think so too. Yeah. All right. So, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Yes, definitely yes. want to hear what you have to say. We definitely want to start the conversation rolling of all these debatable, debatable topics. If you, if you think I'm wrong, 
I'm you think he right. wrong? I'm like, right. tell us what we what we what we said wrong, and Nothing let us know what's right because this is what this is about. Just yeah. to, to talk and get things going. Um, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We definitely want to um, come back and give you guys another video after World Championships so yep. we can recap everything that happened. Um, thank you for tuning in. We want to thank STN Studios for making this possible, giving us the equipment and, and everything and the space. And we look forward to hearing from you guys next time. Awesome. So thank you for tuning in to Float the Black Stretch. Float the back stretch. Working title. Working title. <laughs> with Freddie Crittenden and Jared Eaton. And we'll see y'all next time. See you. Peace. Peace.